The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel.
have notes tonight. Very familiar passage of scripture to many. Matthew 15, verse 21 through 25. Let's make it through 28. 21 to 28. Reading from the King James. Usually read from the New King James, but we'll use the King James tonight for no particular reason. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon, verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out from the same coast and cried unto him, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Boy, the King James does the job right there. <laughs> grievously vexed with a devil, verse 23. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth out after us. She crieth after us, verse 24. And he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, It is not meat to take from the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And he said, And she said, True, Lord. Yet dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Come and mess us up with truth. May we never be the same. May we never be the same. Move beyond the confines of our finite mind. Give us living understanding. Release all that's in your heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, for we, are, we are not ignorant of his devices, talking about Satan. If you are ignorant of his strategies and his schemes, and you're going to be in some seriously deep kimchi at some point in your life. Kimchi is a Korean side dish that's fantastic. It might actually come from heaven, I'm not sure. Many people are ignorant. Many people are ignorant to the way the, the enemy works. And we, the people of God, cannot be ignorant. You could, must not be ignorant in this hour in history. You cannot afford to be ignorant. And one of the most effective weapons that the enemy uses, now I have preached from this text probably a hundred times. But as I was studying over this past day, the Lord really spoke to me clearly to emphasize some specific things as we move along. And... As you look at this, you can't get away from the reality that this woman was able to overcome potentially offensive language from Pastor Jesus, from the disciples, from being called names. She overcame so much to get her miracle. And the Lord spoke to me today and said, there are many people that are struggling with offense. I'm not talking about a picket fence. I'm talking about offense. 
being offended. The official definition, Webster's. An attack, an assault, usually is in the military, so an offense, right? Another definition is anger or resentment, hurt or displeasure, something that causes displeasure, humiliation, anger, resentment, or hurt. Somebody does something, somebody says something, something happens to you, and you get all bowed up. You get all bent out of shape because of what happened. Has anybody ever been offended besides me? I've been offended many times. The Bible says to live above offense. When's the last time something, somebody did something to you, said something to you, or something was said about you, or something happened in your life that was offensive? How did you handle that? How did you overcome that fiery dart? Were you ignorant and you just swallowed it whole? And now you have like a, this poison on the inside of you, a resentment, a hurt. I've seen people over and 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 over. In the 20 years that I've been in ministry and serving God, I've seen hundreds of people come into the church full of destiny, full of passion, full of zeal, full of prophetic promise, and yet they forfeit everything over an offense. And I've seen them abort the dream. I've seen them abort the business. I've seen them abort that which God has for them because they get offended. They get hurt. They get wounded because somebody does something or their perception is that somebody, you know, perception's quite a thing. Perception is that somebody does something. It happens. Offense happens. If you haven't been offended here, you will be offended shortly. You say, are you trying to offend me? Well, truth is, if you have things on the inside of you that need to be offended by the truth, by the Word of God, I pray that you are offended tonight. In other words, listen, I believe one of the definitions of the meat, go, I, I don't go there now, I, want, I don't want no milk, I want some meat. Come to the 4th of July barbecue. Bring your own something. Now, the meat of the word, one of the definitions for me in the meat of the word is, is when, when the word of God comes from the Lord or somebody preaching it or, you know, however, it doesn't matter how it comes, and it comes in such a way that it just hits me right where I don't want somebody to say something to me. You say, what place is that? Well, I can't tell you. I've been, I've been trying to expose all those things for decades now. Lord, anything else? Oh, God, that, Lord, forgive me. You know, and then you move forward. You live a lifestyle of repentance. I want you to be offended, but oftentimes we don't even know when we've offended somebody. Write in your notes now. Do you have notes? If you don't have notes, lift your hand up, and an angel will bring those to you shortly. All right. Has anybody ever offended someone you didn't realize you did it? Hundreds of times for me. <laughs> I can't count them all. Jesus, help me. I hate when that happens. Jesus spoke words that offended. In fact, in John 6, Jesus says, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they were offended and many left him. They were offended at his words. And they left him. Wow, because they were offended. It's Matthew 17. Jesus' words sometimes are offensive. 
but I'm convinced that he'll offend the mind to reveal your heart. He's after something in, on the inside of you to make you more like him. He loves you so much. He receives you the way that you are, but then refuses to leave you that way. <laughs> you ugly thing. He wants to change you. He wants to change me. He doesn't want to lead us, leave us all frozen, the frozen chosen of the north. He wants us to be transformed into his image and likeness. Every touch, every encounter, all the study that you do is to make you more like him. If you're studying and studying the word and it's not transforming you, listen, this might hurt. Here comes an offense for some. There are some people that study countless hours, listen to endless sermons, spend all kinds of times of prayer, but they don't let it actually interact with their heart. And what ends up happening is their revelation knowledge, their theology that they've learned only serves to make them more of a religious person than actually bring them into an encounter with God. And if theology just makes you more religious, you, you need some help. We need to study the Word in such a way that it's brought into our language and our communion with God and it brings a transformation so that actually your actions change. So it's not just some kind of head knowledge. You're walking, living differently. You're responding with people differently during the day. It causes a boldness to come into the city of your soul and you begin to express the love of God because you've encountered Him in the Word. Not some big revelation to impress some small group or something for God's sake. All the small group leaders said, Amen. So, Jesus spoke words that offended. I have found that when I'm reading the word or when the Lord speaks to me something that's offensive, it's because I have a structure in my thinking, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Uh, give me 2 Corinthians 10, 3, and we'll look at a few verses. There are structures that you can have in your thinking. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So our warfare is not carnal, it goes on to say. Go ahead, next verse. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God are the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down, now he's going to tell you what a stronghold is. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Leave it up. So when the Lord speaks to me and I'm offended when I hear truth, it's because usually I have a place in my mind that thinks differently. I have a place of thinking that, that is, well, maybe it's a, an imagination. It's a height, a height, a thought that's elevated maybe even above the Word of God. But it's my personal truth, you know. Listen, God's not obligated to stand over your personal truth. He's not obligated to stand over your opinion either. He does stand over His Word to see it perform, right? So Jesus spoke words that offended Although it was fascinating that he didn't actually want to offend. His heart wasn't to offend. In fact, you can look at when, when they ask him about the temple tax. And Jesus says, well, we're going to do it so they're not offended, Peter. So go ahead, go fishing. Everybody say, go fishing. Go fishing. Catch a fish. 
pull a coin out for you and a coin out for me. I learned a long time ago, and I, I pray that the Lord helps me by His grace to stay in this place because it's a place where we need to live, a place of brutal honesty, a place of integrity, spiritual integrity. To say, Lord, if there's something on the inside of me that's askew, if there's anything inside my thinking that is out of accord with your truth, Lord, just take out the sword and slay me. Let me get rid of that. Do some surgery. Lord, pin me down. Put your finger on it. I want to be offended in that area. I'd like to be offended in every area that needs to be offended. You're not, I don't think you're quite getting it, so let me just say this. If you're headed towards a train wreck, so down the tracks, the, the, the tracks are all messed up. And so they radio to you and say, uh, we've got a problem about three miles ahead. Stop the train. You were like, I'm in a rush. You know, it's like the Lord tries to call us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us prophetically. He speaks to us through creation. He's constantly trying to tell you, trying to warn you, oh, pump your brakes, son. Hold up a little bit. And I've seen people just go right off a cliff or just get totally derailed. So you'll see that offense is a good thing, too. All right. Paul does ask us to be sensitive to the needs of others that we don't offend them. 1 Corinthians 8 and 9, beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block. Put that up, 1 Corinthians 8 and 9. When I was a kid, we had these traps that we used to set, you know, like a milk box. We actually, I remember when the milkman delivered milk. Jesus, help me out right now. We had a milk box out front. Well, praise the Lord. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block. Everybody say stumbling block. Stumbling block. Now, if you study that word, the word can also be translated offense. In the Greek, it's scandalos. scandalos. We get scandal. There's scandals. Those guys are scandals. You ever heard that? Or scandalon is that word. If you, you know what I'm talking about, milk crate, right, and the stick, right, milk crate and a stick. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You hide behind the porch, and you got some twine all hooked up, and then here comes the, the rabbit or whatever you're trying to catch. He's got some dog kibble in there, and, like, yeah, uh, and you pull it, and the stick comes out, and you catch the, the rabbit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what the stick is in Greek? It's a scandalon. The Greek word for offense is scandalon. You see, if you end up getting offended, you will be trapped. And it will hurt you, hurt your family, derail your train, cause you to lose out with God, cause you to abort His plan in your life. you got to get over it. Everybody say, get over it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he must be talking to somebody else, but get over it. Go ahead, tell him. Well, hallelujah. A snare is another way to define that. And we've got to ask God to reveal how we affect others. I think that's important. Some people are just all in their own world. 
doing whatever they want, hurting all kinds of people and totally oblivious. I, I had lunch with my beautiful wife today. And as we were having lunch, there was a guy like five tables over. Dude, we heard everything he said. Right? I mean, one of those really loud voices. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, wow, really? But you could tell that was his, like who he was. He's just loud. He's a loud guy. Some people are like so offensive. And others are like walking offenses ready to happen. Some of you were offended when you came out of your mama's womb. You were offended at the nurse, offended at the doctor. You were offended at the hospital. You got offended at your parents. And you've been offended ever since. You need healing. Don't raise your hand if you know somebody like, do not raise your hand. Just smile. But it's important to ask people. Pardon me, it's important to ask God. Don't ask people, they'll beat you down. It's important to ask God, you know, to reveal in your life if you have places that are offensive to, to others and be open to hearing from God and take action to get, our, get it out of our lives, anything that offends. We need to, be, to stay open to hear from others too. My wife helps me. I've offended so many folks when I've preached. And... Um, you know, you could just be all spiritually arrogant and say, well, I needed to be offended. You could say it nicer, you knucklehead. You know, you could. You could be sweeter. But it's more fun to be the other way, praise God. <laughs> Jesus says, if your right hand offends you, then cut it off. If your right eye offends you, pluck it out. He's not saying that we should start the one-eyed, one-handed church. <laughs> He's saying that we, you really should do your very best to get, stay away from offense and don't be offended. Don't be somebody that offends. All right, how do we overcome offense in our lives? Let's, um, let's look at the Syrophoenician woman here. This lady, man, if anybody could have taken offense, I mean, I, I think it would be her. But she chose not to. She what? She chose not to. Many years ago, I was taking over one of our extensions, and uh, I was in a very difficult situation uh, as we were moving into taking over, uh, moving into pastoring one of the churches. And I'll never forget standing with Dr. Morocco. And we're in his office, it's just me and him, and it was an extremely frustrating situation. And he says, oh, thank you, Jesus. He looks at me and says, I'm not gonna get frustrated. I will not get frustrated. <clears throat> I will not get frustrated, he says. I thought, is he getting frustrated right now? <laughs> but he made a declaration, I will not. We, and then he says, we will not get frustrated. We're going to keep our peace, and God will work the whole thing out. Well, you know what happened. God worked it all out. It's a choice to be offended or not. It's a choice just to let it go or embrace that thing and let it eat you. It really is a choice. She was rejected by Jesus. Where do you see that? Well, it, it, she calls out to him, and he answered her not a word. I hate when that happens. My wife really hates it. Come on, you go and talk to somebody, and they're like, I've had that happen. Does, am I the only one that's ever had that happen? Okay, so... You're, you're, you're talking to somebody, and they, they just don't even respond. They don't, they don't hear you. I know they heard me. 
That's what happens. Pastor Jesus doesn't say zip to this woman. She calls out to him and he's like, Excuse me, Jesus. He doesn't even look at her, doesn't answer, doesn't say anything. How rude. So she's rejected by Jesus. She's rejected by the disciples, you see, in verse 23. (laughs) This part's crazy to me. So there he is, whistling the theme song of whatever show that was. A bygone generation. And so the disciples, the disciples say to Jesus, and so let's say that she's a Syrophoenician, this lovely lady. Don't. (laughs) Father, in Jesus' name. We better do, we better go somewhere else. Okay, so say she's a Syrophoenician woman, and you're Jesus, and I'm the disciples, and I say, tell her to go away. She can hear everything they're saying. I remember being so rejected. Many years ago, as a little boy, I was, I was the, the youngest, you know, of the youngest, and I was hanging with my older brothers, and they're playing smash ball or kickball or whatever it is. And there we are, and I want to be on the team. And they pick everybody. I'm like, yeah, I can't even, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you don't want me on your team. I'm just going to be in a waste of space. They were all older. So I remember it's like all the teams are picked. I'm the last, I'm the last little munchkin. And they're like, you want Danny? No, no, you take him. Don't you? Come on, you take him. No, last time he didn't. Oh, no, I don't want him. You take him. I'm sitting there. That's what it's like for this woman. The disciples talk to Jesus and say, tell her to go away. She's in earshot. She hears everything. Come on, that's hurtful. That can be very hurtful when that takes place. And it could have been interpreted in verse 26 that Jesus then calls her a mutt, a dog. Come on, everybody say a dog. I think that's Midwest somewhere. A dog. Maybe that's the south. Jesus shares his parable and basically calls her a dog. And to Jews, Gentiles were basically dogs. And she was a Gentile. A Gentile is anybody who's not a Jew. So she's not a Jew. She's a Gentile. She's a a daughter of Canaan, right? And they were considered dogs. There was tremendous prejudice in the first century. Tremendous. Even in the church. Jesus calls her a dog. And it is really kind of overwhelming. Yet she doesn't respond. She chose not to be offended. Everybody say, choose not to be offended. Choose not to be offended. But there's there's some key here. There's some keys here to help her, that helped her, I believe. She's not going to allow her offense to rob her from pursuing God, from pursuing Jesus, or her goal of a miracle. Her deep desire for her daughter, I mean, when when 
I mean, for me, I've had many, many experiences with my own kids. Don't mess with my kids. I'm a pastor. I'm a father. I'm happy to take off the pastoral robe and do whatever I need to do. Just saying. And all the fathers said. And all the mothers said. Don't mess with the mama's kids. She is in she-bear mode right now. When you're reading this text, she's all, you know, in she-bear mode. When hunting, stalked a black bear from, the, from a boat, came up downwind, launched a zodiac, came in behind it, beautiful black bear, spring bear, no rubs on it, still some snow down by the, by the shoreline, hiked in with another, another brother who was basically helping this chichaco. That's greenhorn. I, we're talking as green as a gourd. Green. I know nothing. And we, we get to the place where we, we hum, come up on this bear. It's eating some seaweed or something. He's like, take the shot. Take it. I always thought that whispering thing on, on, on hunting shows was a joke. But actually, they really do whisper when they hunt. For all of you people that never went hunting, the whispering's for real. Right, so there I am. I'm like, all right. Bring my gun up, and I pop my, my covers were closed on my scope. And all the hunters said, dudes. I popped the covers, and it made that popping sound, and the bear's like, just looks right at us. I'm like, ah, ah. and it runs. Well, the guy that I was with was 21 years old and uh, uh, as close to a gazelle as a human could be. Uh, All-American athlete in top condition. I've never seen anybody hurdle trees and rocks, and he cut the bear off and, and forced it to come back to me. And so the bear's coming. He says, I'm going to cut it off. Shoot it when it comes back. So, I mean, he disappears over some rocks, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and the bear comes up. There's the bear. The bear stops the perfect place. I bring my gun up. And I'm, I put it right in the crosshairs, and just at that moment, I see a cub. At the same time I see it, the guy that was helping me sees it, says, don't shoot! So I don't shoot, bear disappears. This young guy comes up the hill and grabs me by my little jacket and says, okay, pastor, we got a problem, we got a problem. I think I just opened my whole shirt, Jesus help me out. Don't want that to be a scandal on or anything. Jesus, help me out. Okay. <laughs> For those of you that were paying attention. All right. And he's, he's, he's scared. My guide guy's scared. Now, I wasn't scared until you see the really experienced guy be like, okay, 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 okay. And he drags me up the hill, and he's like, we're going to get charged. We're, it's going to happen. We're going to get charged. I'm like, okay, okay. Because a she-bear, mama bear, protecting her cubs. And you want to hear the end of the story? Yes. So we're standing there. He said, hey, we're just looking everywhere, looking everywhere. And that bear comes up about the distance. We got another bear story, don't we, Minister Trent? About the distance of me to the back of the church, back of the sanctuary. And it's looking at us. And I'm just telling you, you can communicate to animals the bear is, I'm going to eat you, and we are, you're going to die. But actually, in the first 
10 to 15, I'd say five seconds. I had fear. I'm talking stricken fear. I know all you guys are superstars. Yeah, let me just see you face a bear at 20 yards and see how you're doing. But I was just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I'm emergency tongues. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, break the glass. Some of you need to break the glass in your life. Okay, so what happened then is all that fear turned to courage. It just melted to, I'm going to kill you instead. And the bear decided it'd be better if it ran away. (laughs) This is the Syrophoenician woman. She is a she-bear. Her daughter's in trouble. Why are you saying that? Because she couldn't afford to be offended. She couldn't, some of you can afford to be offended because you're really not desperate. You're really not hungry and it's, you can just be offended. It's just living your life. She was so hungry, so desperate. Her grievously vexed, demonized daughter needed a miracle and it did not matter what was facing her. Call me a dog, slap me down, curse at me, reject me, do whatever you want. Can I have my miracle now? See, some of you have a lifestyle of offense because your hunger for God is so small you've never tasted and seen really. Maybe you've never beheld the beauty of the Lord. But God wants to touch your heart in such a way that that it just overwhelms everything else. You'll move beyond offense. You'll move beyond the name calling. She couldn't afford to be offended. And she chose not to. Passion for God has got to be greater than the offense. Your passion for God has got to be greater than everything. Come on, anybody know what the greatest commandment is? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, all your mind, all your soul and strength. A couple different ways to say it. Listen, if, you, if we can just learn to do the first commandment, it transcends all ten. You can just learn to do the first one. Then when somebody comes and calls you a dog, when when things happen, your love for God will kick in. You're not going to let that bitterness get in you. Turn to Psalm 119. Verse 165. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in Scripture. I'll tell you how I discovered that. I was at a camp meeting a million years ago, and the guy was saying, don't ever backslide. If you backslide, all you do is get rebaptized while quoting Psalm 119 by memory from underneath the water. I thought, yeah, go look at Psalm 119. Okay, Psalm 119 verse... <laughs> In other words, by the time you finish quoting it, you will be dead and you'll go straight to heaven, okay? Okay. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Whoa. Come on, somebody say, whoa. When you love God, you make him your goal and your aim and you're pursuing him. 
And all these things that seem like mountains really become molehills and you, you step forward into destiny and purpose. And it doesn't matter what anybody calls you. It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what happens. I mean, if you're so hungry for God, listen, if people believed that this is really, I believe it's a bit of an open heaven that's taking place in our state. And I believe we're partnered with others in that. And that's happening. I believe that. Now, if you believe that this place, you'd get every need met, and the time that you came in, you'd get healed, you'd get miracles, you'd get your breakthrough. If you get, people could try to be tripping you when you're coming in the front, and you won't care. Welcome to KC. Uh. You could be getting tripped. And you'll be like, well, I guess he tried to trip. It doesn't matter. Where do we get prayer? Where's your prayer? Where's the miracle? Did you see that guy? He tried to trip you. No, I didn't see that. But I heard about the, I heard about what God said. I heard that I can get healed here. Where, 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 sign me up. Is, it, is there a list I need to sign on? Do, do you understand? See, if you're easily offended, it's probably because you have very little vision. If you have little vision and little passion, you will be offended at everything. You're offended right now. You're offended at me wishing that this bald head preacher just shut up. Get back to a hunting story that doesn't really touch you in the place where you're hurting or being, you're being offended right now. Come on, just raise your hand and say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor Vince. Hallelujah. Be set free from your offense. Sing with me, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't know I could sing baritone. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, worship him. Hey. I was kind of joking at first, but now I'm not. Come on, worship him. <laughs> thank you. Oh, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Offense. You can overcome offense. You can get over it. You have to get over it. If you don't get over it, then you will abort God's plan for your life. Somebody tweeted a quote just recently. I said, if you're offended, then you will be suspended in your walk with God. And he'll just wait till you come to a place of repentance or send you some more, allow you to experience some more pain in that area until you come to him and get healed. 
But truly, your passion for God has got to be stronger than the offense. This precious Syrophoenician, this Canaanite woman, if you look at your notes now, she understood the goodness of God. Listen, God's good, devil bad. Say it with me. God, good, devil. Try it with some sign language. Ready? God, good, devil, bad. It's really one of the greatest revelations I know. And so you focus on that. That's what she did. Jesus spoke a parable, talks about covenant, talks about healing as children's bread, which is a whole nother message. In other words, those who are in covenant with Jesus, covenant with God, healing belongs to them. It's a covenant right. You get healing. It's, it's bread. And she understood the parable and understood that she was the dog and says in response to Jesus' revelation to her in the parable, she understands the parable and says, yes, but even dogs catch the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She understood that God was good. She understood that he was the Messiah. You could go further back and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. The son of David is the Messiah. So her declaration, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed was a revelation of him being the Messiah, being the Savior, being the Christ. So really she's entered into salvation maybe at this time or before, but she understands that God is good. He's good. He's good all the time. He's in a good mood and he really loves you. He's got a plan for you, a hope for you, not to hurt you, not to harm you. Come on, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to get. God does not have plans for destruction for you. He's got plans for a hope and a future for you. But if you allow yourself to be offended, you will be suspended. You will be derailed. The scandalon will be pulled and you'll be entrapped in your own ignorant failures of not understanding that one of the most effective, powerful weapons the devil has is to just get you bent bowed up, irritated, and offended. Come on, the Big Dipper, Naaman. You remember him? Remember Naaman? I call him the Big Dipper. He hears about this great prophet, and he comes to see Elijah, and Gehazi answers the door. Not, not Elijah. Gehazi answers and says, you know, talks to him, you know, cracks the door. What? What do you want? Uh, hold on a second. Pfft, closes the door. Comes back. Yeah, Elijah says, just go dip seven times, not five, seven times in the Jordan. See you later. God bless you. Closes the door. And, and Naaman's like, man, I thought he was going to come out and wave his hand. I thought he was going to come out and do some big thing. Go dip in the Jordan. He was offended. You see, some people never get the miracle because the way that God wants to do it is totally opposite of the way that you think he should. Some people never get the breakthrough because in their mind, they should be dipping in the Euphrates, not the Jordan. They should be doing something else other than what God said. And God will often give you something that's just like ridiculous. But if you'll follow through instead of letting reason be the guillotine of your faith. Don't let reason get a hold of you and start reasoning away your miracle. 
There's a time to study to show yourself approved. Then there's a time just to let the wind of the Spirit blow through, lead you, guide you, direct you. Live above a fence. And if God will just tell you to do it, do it. Dear friends of ours selling their business to like a, we call it like a Hanai kid in, in Hawaii. It's called Hanai. It's basically an adopted child that's not adopted. Dear, dear friend of the family. They're both adults now. They were a little older. So they're selling the business, and this guy gets a greed on him and starts working over his business parents. If it, do you understand what I'm saying? They were close, and they're doing a business deal, and the younger man decides to try to twist and get a lot of money out of this couple. And the whole thing's going south, except he's got the legal right to do it. There are some loopholes, and he's just going to take it all, for lack of a better word. They're praying, they're grieving, they're fasting. They're on a walk, and the Lord says, turn around. Now, they have done this walk for decades. Daily, they do the walk. They still do it daily. Turn around and walk backwards, says the Lord to her. She's like, turn around and walk backwards. And she turns around, and she walks backwards. She's looking at the road. She's walking backwards. And she begins to see everything that she never saw while walking that way. Does that make sense? She has a totally different perspective. And the Lord says to her, change your whole perspective on this thing. Bless him as big as you can. Just, just, just bless him. Just bless him. Just, just flip the table, stop fighting, and bless him. Do the, do the opposite of what he thinks you would do and bless him. They did that, and what God did for them is absolutely astounding. There are breakthroughs waiting for you, but if you're offended, you'll never see the way through. If you think you should be dipping five times instead of seven, then you can go home with your leprosy, your brokenness. You can go home with your poverty. You can go home with your same busted, disgusted, toe-up from the flow-up life and never walk in the abundant life that God has for you. You've got to get a fence away from you. you got to get healed. you got to get free. That's what she did. She understood the goodness of God. And if you read the final verse, Oh, great is thy faith. Be it unto you as thou had wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. I've been offended many times. But the ones that got me when I wasn't ready were this. Pay attention. Bump the person next to you. Tell them to wake up. The ones that got me is when, not when I was personally had an encounter that could offend me. But when somebody close to me or a friend of mine got offended and I took up their offense. Those are the ones that have been tricky for me. How many of you know there's 15 sides to every story? Oh, I've learned that. I believe I've learned it. There's people that want to go and gossip. You know, gossip is evil because it's spreading offense. It's a horrible thing. I had somebody call me a while back and they said, Pastor, I need to repent to you. I said, okay, what happened? I've been talking nasty about you all around town. I said, well, why? Well, I just, I was mad at you. He got offended. I said, okay, well, why were you mad at me? And he explains everything, and I, I shared with him my perspective. He says, no, I know, I know. God spoke to me. You were right, and I'm sorry. I said, okay. He said, so please forgive me. I said, okay. I said, I want you to do something. He said, oh yeah, anything. I said, offense and gossip is like, does anybody, 
have a down pillow. How many of you like down pillows? All right, how many of you into the foam ones? Uh, It's just the crew that are just going to raise their hands. Okay, so I love down pillows, and I have two to rotate because I like them a little cold. Just say it. When gossip happens, so I said, I said to the brother, it's like taking a down pillow and going up onto the top of the, but- the butte or going up on Government Peak or, or going up on Pioneer Peak and standing on top of Pioneer Peak and ripping the pillow open and throwing all the feathers up and just letting the wind catch them. I said, so I forgive you, but go and catch all the feathers. He said, what? I said, I would like you as act of your, you know, good faith and just to make it right, you go talk to everybody that you can remember that you talked to, stink about me, and you go tell them everything that you just said to me. And that'll make it right. He said, really? I said, yeah, really. He said, oh. I didn't call him to check on him. Some of you were like, oh, dude, I need some feathers. I got to go catch them. Yeah, go catch some feathers. See, gossip is spreading offense everywhere. It's like polluting all kinds of people. Come on. Lift your hands to heaven. Let them touch you right now. Service is almost over. Holy Spirit, come. Let your power come tonight. Lord, you have exposed strategy of hell you have revealed tonight and we are not ignorant of the schemes of the enemy who tries to derail us who tries to get us aborting the plan and the vision of God Lord we're asking first of all that you would give us greater passion for you come on you can pray that your heart will expand for God you can pray God give me a bigger heart for you I want to love you with all my heart with all my mind with all my soul and all my strength Come on, sister, call on God. Call on Thank you, Jesus.
something's happening, stir yourself up. not fair. Yeah, you will have welcome to the human race. That's not fair. That's right. But the way that you respond, as the Apostle Paul said to this momentary light affliction, will work for you a far exceeding weight of glory if you respond rightly. And we need to respond like David. We need to respond in the way that he responded when Saul tried to kill him. You can read in the Psalms how he just Job, though you slay me, I will yet serve him. I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. I forgive them. God, oh God. Come on, some of you feel justified in your offense because what happened to you was wrong. Okay, but God is the judge of all. He sees what you're going through. I'm not trying to belittle that. I'm just saying, if you let that thing stay in your life, you will not fulfill God's purpose in your life. You will be derailed. You've got to get it out. You've got to trust that. I commit my spirit, says Jesus, quoting David. I commit my spirit unto thee. What does that mean? Everything that concerns my life, I give it to you. You saw when I was ripped off. You saw when they stole my car. You saw when that person was elevated and I should have got promoted. But Lord, you saw all of that. You saw and see my rising up and my setting down. You know me. You know every part of me. Lord God, I submit. I surrender. I give everything concerning my life to you. I surrender into your hands. I commend my spirit. Listen, if you really understand, I'm almost done now. If you really understand that when you gave your life to Jesus, your life is no longer your own. Some of you think you actually have rights, but you've been purchased with a price. You've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. You've been washed. You've been cleansed. He's taken your sin and thrown it as far as the east is from the west. You're a new creation. And God has a marvelous plan for you. But many times people never really surrender to that. Giving themselves to the renewing of their mind. So they go through life not taking every thought captive, but trying to figure it out according to their carnal mind and wonder why there's no power, wonder why there's no joy, wonder why there's no authority, wonder why they're offended, upset, struggling with depression and sickness and even disease when all the while they receive communion with all kinds of offense. They hate their moms, they hate their dads, they're bent and tore up and bitter and angry and they're saying God where's the blessing he's saying our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses as we 
forgive those who trespass against us. So they come and they serve in church for years, but never see the fire, never behold the beauty, because inside they have not really forgiven their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, the boyfriend that date raped them. They've not forgiven the one who did that thing to them. got to get free tonight. God spoke to you in any way at all during the message. Come to the front. You feel God's presence on you right now. He's going to touch you. going to heal you. You're like, oh, I need prayer. Yeah. Come on, just a few more moments and we'll close in prayer. Come on, just come before the throne. Come on, that raise you didn't get. Your ex-wife, your ex-husband, your former pastor, the former leader, the government, that police officer, the detective, only told half-truths and planted stuff and you went to jail for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But if you know, just bring that before the Lord right now. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Come on, let it go. Forgive that person. Just let it go. Make it a declaration of forgiveness. I forgive my mother or whatever it is. I forgive my father. I forgive. Out loud. Do it. Forgive it. Forgive that thing. Put it into the hands of the Lord. Come on, take some time to do that. Take some time to do that as we continue just to worship.
Ghost come, Holy 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 Ghost come, we need you, we want you, yeah. Holy Ghost come, 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 we need you, we want you, hey. Holy Ghost come, Holy Ghost come, Holy Ghost come, Holy Ghost come, Holy Ghost come. From every hurtful word and rejection. Be healed tonight from every offense. May the Lord heal you. Touching you in the deepest chambers of your heart. Words that were spoken. Actions were taken. That were undeserving of what you did. And know that Jesus was crucified for that very offense. And this momentary light affliction is working for you this night is working for you a far exceeding weight of glory. Forgive and let go. Receive a fresh touch from heaven. For if you learn to overcome the offenses that come your way, you will be promoted in the Spirit. And God will elevate you. God will elevate you. Don't be ignorant of the devil's schemes. Don't be ignorant. Be wise. Be wise. The Lord says, I'm healing your heart at the level that's beyond your understanding. I've seen your cry. I've seen your struggle. I carried you through things that many wouldn't even have survived through. I spared your life. I intervened. I have a great plan for you, says the Lord. There were times where you were offended at God, and that's a whole nother message. Don't be offended at God. The enemy will twist scripture and twist words to get you to be mad at God. God's on your side. He's healing your heart. Right. Right.
That's it, let it go. It's like all that poison just draining out. There's a number of people, you got broken hearts. Come on, we only got a couple minutes and service is over. Come on, let down your guard. Just let them, let them heal you. Marvelous healing taking place right there. Healing broken hearts. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, do not leave this place. Don't touch that mouse. Don't leave that stream without getting right with God. If you're listening by podcast and you're driving your car, pull over. You're here in the congregation or under the sound of my voice in all the different modes of media that we have. And you are not right with God. I implore you. I plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled. Forgiveness is yours. All you need to do is repent. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to wash you and cleanse you. You can't be forgiven any other way because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. You can't be forgiven just because you want to. You're forgiven based on the death of God's only Son. His death and His resurrection purchases newness of life for you and me. You're here. You've never given your heart to Jesus, and you want to do that for the first time, or you want to recommit your life because you know that you were living a life of compromise, and you want to come home tonight. You want to come home tonight. You want to sell out tonight. You want to make Him your Lord and Savior for real. You want to live a life of compromise. Or thirdly, you've given your life to Jesus, but the devil lies to you and says it's not real. And you just want to make it real tonight. Want those lies to stop. If that's you, you fit in any of those categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time. Secondly, recommitting because you've drifted. God hasn't moved. You did. Maybe got one foot in the world or one foot in compromise. You got some hidden secret sins and he's convicting you right now. Come back home to Jesus live for every chamber of your heart for him or number three you just want to be sure of your salvation if that's you I want you to pray this prayer with me right out loud right out loud say dear heavenly father 
Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you that Jesus rose again from the grave. Raise my life up now in newness, in the abundant life. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me whole. Heal me. Break every chain, every bondage, and every curse. And use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands as a universal sign of surrender to God? Just let the Holy Spirit touch you right now as I pray. Holy Spirit, I pray, fill, touch. Be filled today with the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Be filled today, right now. Holy Spirit power. Every chain break. Break addiction. Lord, those struggling with self-hatred and suicide, break that now. Lord, open people's spiritual eyes to see you, to behold your beauty as we started this service. To behold your beauty. A passion for you. A fire of God, a burn within them. Hunger for the word zeal for the house of God. God, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for God, won't you? Take somebody by the hand, somebody by the hand wherever you are all across this place. Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, oh God. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you on the weekend. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.